the Colby Daniels Podcast on a Sunday post-UFC 264. Will Brewer, I could barely sleep. I woke up this morning. There was zero chance I was going to make it until Thursday of this week to talk about what we witnessed last night with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. I had to get it out, so we are recording on a Sunday. Well, I don't think there's any other place I'd rather be on a Sunday, man, because after everything that happened last night, we definitely have to get into it. We have to do a deep dive into it and react to this immediately. So uh, this morning, uh, Lauren said, did you guys have fun? I was like, yeah, we had a great time. <laughs> like it was the, the card was crazy. She was like, uh, you guys are so funny. I could just hear you guys ooing and awing and screaming and like all of these reactions to everything that was going on. And I'm sure like thinking back on it, if you were not in the room and you were just listening to the two of us <laughs> react to what we were watching, it probably sounded like complete chaos. Yeah, I was a little worried because I was like, oh, I hope that uh, we're not waking anybody up or anything. But yeah, the card was absolutely uh, insane. Every single fight had something where you're just like, oh, shit, oh, my God. It was just a, a crazy night of fights, man. So the main event begins, the trilogy fight between Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. Obviously, this time around, there's bad blood. These guys don't like each other. They're not playing nice. It felt like vintage Conor McGregor, although a little bit forced all week leading up to this fight. As the fight begins, I'm like, I cannot sit down. I've got to stand up and watch this thing. I'm just, I'm, I'm too anxious. I'm feeling, you know, my heart's beating a million miles a minute. Uh, so I'm ready for this thing to go down. Will, we witnessed five full minutes of everything we were hoping this fight would be. I mean, it was intense action for a full five minutes. And then in the final five seconds of that first round, obviously a catastrophe for Conor McGregor. That's not the ending that anybody wanted to happen, but we got to talk about what we witnessed in these five minutes that actually took place because what we watched was complete domination from Dustin Poirier. I think a lot of people may get caught up in Conor McGregor being able to, to kind of lean on the doctor stoppage and the injury, but don't let the injury distract you from the fact that Dustin Poirier was beating that ass. Yeah, that's a legendary tweet from last night that you put out, man, because, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. Don't let the industry, the injury distract you from the fact that Dustin Poirier was beating that ass. I mean, Connor came out early with the leg kicks. He was looking really good. Uh, but Dustin, we, he stayed composed. You know, uh, it's an MMA fight. And, you know, when Dustin started opening up with his hands, you know, Connor seemed a little, you know, taken aback by it. But let me ask you this. Who was the one who initiated the clinch, the grappling aspect of the game? It was not Dustin Poirier. It was Conor McGregor because Dustin started piecing him up on the feet. Absolutely. And Conor needed, Conor needed to stop it. So he hugged him like, oh, no, no, no. We can't have this no more. And then Dustin was like, oh, this is why. Oh, you're going to give me this. So we're going to go to the cage. I mean, Conor did try to pull off a, a, a guillotine choke. Uh, but Dustin being the, the black belt that he is, you know, he knew exactly what to do. Uh, he knew where he was and got gone. Uh, took Connor down and eventually uh, got on top and then just started raining down elbows and punches. Just um, it looked, you know, uh, Dustin looked in and uh, and it was, it was for Connor there for a little bit. Uh, Connor was able to survive and I don't know. Vicious ground and pound from Dustin Poirier. 
Um, look, we're, we're going to talk about what we saw in the first round. We're going to talk about what might have happened if this fight had continued. But, you know, two of the three judges scored that at 10-8, Will. But I, I think that's just an example of what people saw when they were watching this fight. Yes, Conor McGregor had success in the first minute of the fight, which is the MO for Conor McGregor, right? He's most dangerous in the first round, but more specifically, most dangerous in about the opening two minutes. So if you're fighting Conor McGregor, Will, I'm going to ask you, you're going into the octagon with Conor McGregor. What is your game plan for those first two minutes? Is it to attack Conor McGregor? Is it to lead the dance? Or is it to be really smart about what you're doing when he's going to blitz you for those first two minutes and then react? Because what makes Conor McGregor elite is those first two minutes, the the wild attack, it can come from anywhere, it's, it's unorthodox, he kind of overwhelms people, and what usually happens, or at least in the past, what has happened in Conor McGregor's big moments, somebody makes a mistake early, Conor McGregor capitalizes, and it's a Conor McGregor finish in the first round. I just think, man, uh, you know, Conor's, he does really well at kind of lulling people to try to make that mistake. You know, he's in and out, you know, um, it kind of seems like he's not going to do anything, even though you know the punch is coming, but, you know, he's so in and out, and he kind of just waits for you to make that mistake. Although, what did he do? He rushed in. Uh, Eddie Alvarez rushed in, and he's such an accurate counter-striker that when someone rushes in, he's like, oh, like, yes, like this is perfect. So when you wait back, kind of like what Dustin did, and you make Connor lead the dance, every it seems like all of his strikes were predictable. So even though they seem predictable, he did do a good job at chopping up the the lead leg and everything. I think Dustin kind of knew that it that it was coming because when you look at the Nate Diaz rematch, that was something that he looked to was uh, letting the uh, his kicks set up the punch. So he uh, kind of looked for that to happen, but Dustin did a good job of laying back. So if I was in that position, I would definitely do what Dustin did, not um, force the action and uh, let Connor uh, make the mistake, let Connor come to me, because Connor will make that mistake like we've seen with Dustin two times now. Yeah, Dustin basically dominated that first round. Connor McGregor had a solid, I, I don't know what it was, first minute or so approximately of the fight. And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense that he would have... I mean, if you're Dustin Poirier, it doesn't make any sense to force the issue out of the gate. If you're Dustin Poirier, the smart move is to let Connor kind of do his thing in that first minute, don't make the mistake, and then when you kind of settle in, you feel like you've got his rhythm, uh, he's kind of, you know, started to do his thing, then you take advantage uh, in whatever way you choose to take advantage. But... I give Connor a lot of credit for the attack in the first minute, but the bottom line is, even with that happening, I still kind of feel like that was advantage Poirier because he didn't fall for it. He didn't fall into Connor's trap. He could have easily tried to respond to a number of those leg kicks with something, and maybe he gets caught, but he didn't. He's an experienced fighter at this stage. He's a veteran that's been in the octagon way more than Connor McGregor, and, and he wasn't lured into the trap. Yeah, you got to give Dustin credit because Connor was making those adjustments as, you know, just kicking that lead leg and everything. But, you know, Dustin did a good job. He didn't um, he didn't overexert himself whenever he did try to go and land those combinations. He didn't just try to make it. He didn't go in blind. Right. He came in knowing he was still defensively sound but still was going to land the punches. And those punches was hurting Connor. That's why he clinched him. So uh, Dustin made Connor make that mistake. So 
Dustin being the veteran that he is, I mean, all of the champions, the former champions that he's seen in the octagon, it's paid off. You know, now uh, Dustin's the one who's uh, making his head bounce off the floor and stuff, you know. Yeah. Paraphrasing, of course, this week, Conor McGregor said something along the lines of the first guy that attempts a, a takedown or shoots or anything like that is a bitch. Right. Like he kind of wanted to set it up where uh, the other guy, Dustin, felt pressure to not do that because, you know, people are going to call you a bitch, I guess, if, if you do. I thought it was super fascinating that as soon as Dustin landed that flurry of three or four punches, Will, and I watched it again. We watched it back last night the second time right after it had finished. I watched it again this morning. Dustin hurt Connor with those punches in that flurry. Connor jumps way back off of one of the punches. And then who initiates the clinch? It's it's Connor McGregor. It was yeah. not Dustin Poirier. So for as many people as there are that are like, Dustin didn't want to stand with him. Well, guess what? Dustin was standing with him. Dustin was winning in the stand-up. And Connor McGregor tried to bail out of the stand-up by clinching Dustin. I mean, you got to give these Conor McGregor fans, I mean, give them some credit, right? Because they, for that minute, oh, Conor, he had He's his back, moments. baby. Like had He's back. Moments. He's back, baby. You know, he, he was chopping up the leg. He, he had the karate stance and everything. So, and you know, there are people like, you know, I really think he could have won that round. And so then you're like, okay, maybe you didn't watch the whole round and everything, but yeah. Uh, Dustin, the game plan, I mean, I don't really know what exactly the game plan was because it really just seemed like Dustin's game plan was just see what Connor was going to do. You know, Connor went out there and uh, chopped the lead leg, which was good. But as soon as Dustin kind of just let himself a little bit loose, Dustin took over that fight. Yeah. And then on the ground, Connor had nothing for Dustin on the ground. I mean, those elbows at first um, that he was landing from the bottom, those were okay. But then Dustin just was, he decided not to take those anymore. And he started raining down elbows and punches. Uh, and this was, this was about three minutes of, of uh, control time on the, uh, on the top for Dustin. And, you know, Connor had no answer. He couldn't get up. And uh, by the time that it, they did get up, it was Dustin saying, fuck it. Your hand is in my uh, glove. I'm just going to let you up now. And then, uh, uh, the fight ended the way it did. So yeah, and and in the in those final five seconds, the referee could have stopped that fight, but because uh, Dustin was on top of him landing punches, uh, but uh, it went to the it went to the end. But uh, the, the fight could have been stopped in, in that uh, final five seconds for sure. I also want to go back to a quote that we talked about last Thursday when we recorded leading into this pay per view. Conor McGregor last week said something along the lines of. His record was 19-1. and one. He doesn't recognize decisions. Get ready for this. He doesn't recognize submissions and tap-outs. He only recognizes knockouts. <laughs> what happened halfway through the first round? This was a game-changer in this fight. What happened at, the, I guess, I think it might have been actually a minute and a half into the fight. He tries for a guillotine! The guy that is literally building up to this fight talking about only wanting knockouts was the one that attempted a submission move. So the fight goes to the ground. Dustin obviously obliges this to go to the ground because Connor decides he wants to try the submission move. And then that's when Dustin really started pouring it on. But I, I, to me, that is out of complete desperation for a guy to talk nothing about knock to talk about nothing but knockouts. 
to try a guillotine a minute and a half into the first round is a <laughs> desperate move. Oh, yeah, desperate move, because Dustin was piecing him up on the feet, and it, it, it was so quick, and Connor just was like, okay, let me grab you, and then he goes for the submission. So first, you go for the takedown after you said the first person to go for a takedown is a bitch. Then you talk about how submissions don't count, and then you're the person who's trying to get a submission. So it's like, Connor, bro. And then you're the one that said that Dustin was going to leave on a stretcher. Yeah. And you're the one that left on a stretcher. Like, Connor, bro, I know you claim to be Mystic Mac, but I, I don't know. I think you're starting to lose your powers a little bit, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, a, a lot of people have responded to me um, on Twitter with something along the lines of, you know, we don't know what would have happened if the fight had continued. And, and look, that's fair. Like, I, I get that. Like, if... It, it, None of us can say with absolute certainty what was going to happen the rest of the way. Um, I, I think you're a fool if you deal in absolutes in, in pretty much anything. But here's what we know. In the history of Conor McGregor's entire UFC career, and I'm talking about even when he was really active versus not being so active over the last five years, Conor McGregor fades. Conor McGregor is as dangerous as anybody in the history of the UFC in the opening minutes of the first round of the fight. But after the first round, Conor McGregor fades drastically. Now, on the other side of that, Dustin Poirier has been through many, like, wars, four, five-round wars against the best of the best in the shark tank that is the 155 division in the UFC. Dustin Poirier has fought the best of the best for four and five rounds. Like, going into the second and third and fourth rounds for Dustin Poirier is not a big deal. In fact, we felt like if this fight went, the further it went, the more advantage it was for Dustin Poirier. So let's just say Connor doesn't break his ankle. If we're sitting there having the conversation when those guys are sitting on the stools getting ready for round two, what's the conversation? That all of a sudden, Conor McGregor, who is completely dominated in his best round, is going to look better in the second round or look better in the third round? He was dominated in his best round by Dustin Poirier, and he fades after round one. Like, what does common sense tell you was going to happen the rest of the way? What do you think the progression of that fight would have been? Absolutely, man. Connor does fade after the first round. Uh, he he's so aggressive and he throws power shots throughout the entirety of the first round. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it doesn't work and you go and you take him into the second and third and fourth round, he tends to fade because you can't yeah. throw power shots for twenty five minutes. Like that style is it just doesn't add up. It doesn't work. Uh, so in in his past fights, we've seen him hands on his hips walking around the cage like man, like gassed out. He was gassed Dustin out after the, the ground hand. and pound. Exactly. He was gassed out. And so Dustin, on the other hand, we've seen him after the first round. He may even lose the first round, but it's all it's competitive a lot of the times. But, you know, a lot of times he'll lose. Against Gaethje, he was losing. Um, against Dan Hooker, he was losing. Yeah. But as the rounds go on, two, three, four, five, Dustin just gets better. So we can't just think like, okay, if Conor would have broke his ankle, he would have won. Okay, you can't say that because in the second round – who who's to say Dustin doesn't just that the fight standing up just completely doesn't turn around because Connor's tired. Dustin starts to chop his legs. Dustin starts to uh, grapple him even more because now Connor has to worry about the takedowns even more. He has to worry about his hands because he just got hurt. So 
he has to worry about the kicks because that was what affected him last time. So he has to worry about so many things of MMA. So, and then Connor's not going to be as aggressive as he was in the first round. So, I mean, history tells us, I mean, of course, we don't know it's an MMA fight, um, anything can happen. But history tells us that Connor fades after the first round and Dustin just c- continues to. Uh, improve after the first round. Dustin gets better after round one. Connor fades after round one. Dustin dominated Connor in round one. Connor McGregor looked absolutely gassed as the 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 you know the fight was being stood back up in those final ten seconds or whatever it was in that first round. I, I think it's preposterous for anyone to reasonably say the expectation would have been that Connor McGregor wins that fight. Now again it's the fight game. Conor McGregor has heavy hands. Conor McGregor's capable of knocking out anybody he's in the octagon against. So, you know, I give him a lot of credit in that regard. But uh, again, common sense and everything we've ever watched from both of these guys says that fight was only going to get worse for Conor McGregor based on everything we had seen in those opening five minutes. I, I thought that uh, when it was all over and I really continued to digest everything we watched last night, Will, like, that was a masterful performance from Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I mean, when you think about Dustin Poirier now, like we talked about how underappreciated he is, I think we really need to start realizing how uh, how much of a championship level competitor that he is that he ha- that he has been for years, and ju- and now um, we go into this fight with such a big superstar, and people are you know Connor's back, he's going to do this, like, but. Dustin being the championship level fighter that he is, that doesn't rattle him. He's going to keep doing his same game plan. Uh, he's going to keep being the same fighter that he is. Uh, good at He's good, good everywhere. He can take this fight so many different ways. Like, like I said uh, on the last show, like he can make this a, a mauling and be a, a Khabib-type guy. Or he can go and just be kick-heavy. He can go and be boxing-heavy. Like he, he can be elite in all of these areas. Uh, a masterful, masterful performance from Dustin Poirier. It just goes to show that he's um, at the at the lightweight division. He's at the top of the division because not a lot of guys can stand with Conor McGregor. Let's give him credit where credit's due. Like yeah. Conor McGregor, he's heavy-handed. Not many people want to see this. Uh, that want to see that left hand, but Dustin Poirier did it two fights in a row uh, and hurt Conor McGregor on the feet yeah. and and took Conor to places that he didn't want to go. A uh, masterful performance from Dustin, and it, and he's so deserving of this title shot. He didn't even have to take this fight, but he took it anyway. He bet on himself, doubled down, and uh, and now he's uh, gonna fight for the title. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna defend, kind of defend Connor here for a second, um, and and maybe this will be a, like a backhanded compliment to some degree, but I think it's extremely fair. I've heard a lot. I mean, it's everybody has a hot take on Conor McGregor right now. And the common one I saw last night on my Twitter timeline is Conor doesn't have it anymore. Conor is, is no longer what he used to be. And I actually disagree with that. Like heels in the ground disagree with that. I think the problem is Conor McGregor is exactly who he's always been. That's the biggest issue, right? He's the exact same guy that he was five years ago. That's the problem. Dustin Poirier is not the guy that Connor knocked out. How, how long ago was it now? Five or six years? Whatever it's been. I, I, I forget the timeline. Yeah, maybe seven. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe longer. Dustin Poirier, I mean, you, you, I think you said this last night. 
to look at that guy and say that's Dustin Poirier is mind-blowing because it, it, he, he doesn't even look like the same guy, much less fight like the same guy. He carries himself in a completely different way. Conor McGregor's exactly the same fighter. He's still a guy that's going to come at you as soon as the fight starts, he's going to blitz you. He's going to try to overwhelm you. He's going to hope you make a mistake. And then once again, giving Connor all the credit in the world, if you make that mistake, he's so heavy-handed, he will knock you out. He, his game hasn't evolved at all. And that's the biggest issue. When you look at Conor McGregor's success, and, and you know the majority of it came at 145 anyway, he's now 1-3 at 155. But he's not added anything to the arsenal. Everybody knows exactly what Connor's going to do. And the guys he's going to be facing now, Dustin Poirier, and if you want to throw anybody else in the top five at 155 in this conversation, I think it's fair. Those guys' games are all so much more well-rounded than Connor McGregor's. I think you're talking about the same outcome, no matter what name you want to throw into the equation, if they're facing Connor McGregor. It's, it's 100% to me about the evolution of the sport and how all of these, these peers of Conor McGregor's have gotten so much better and he's stayed in the same spot. He's not been training MMA consistently around the clock for the last five years. Thus, he is still dangerous. He is still a guy that can knock you out, but he doesn't have a lot in the tool belt. He's still the same guy. So is Conor McGregor done? Absolutely not. Conor McGregor's still a threat to anybody that is on the other side of him when a fight starts. But if Conor McGregor doesn't knock you out, and probably if he doesn't knock you out early, everybody in that division that is a killer is going to have a lot more to reach into and use against Conor McGregor than he is against them. Absolutely. I've always asked this question about Conor McGregor. Like, what happens after uh, you throw your best shots at people and they don't and they don't fall? Like, with... Like- like with Nate Diaz, like in the, in the first fight, he threw his best shots at uh, Nate Diaz for two rounds. And Nate Diaz, his face was battered, but Nate Diaz was still there. Yeah. And then eventually Nate Diaz got him out of there. It's just it's it's the same. It's the same thing that it's been for the past uh, five, six years. I mean, he's fought guys who just can't take the power. But when he does fight the guys who can take the power and he has to reach into his tool belt, there's not much there for him to get to. While, while these other guys with uh, Dustin Poirier, uh, he's a guy that, that has a, a deep bag of, of, of tricks and of, of game that he can just throw at Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor's not going to be able to, uh, to do anything about it because, I mean, he, he, he's got a, a, a nasty left hand. But outside of that, what do we know about Conor McGregor? I mean, he's got good kicks. He's got a good stance. Yeah. He's a great counter striker. But outside of that, uh, when Conor leads the dance, he's... You know he, he's valuable to make a mistake, and uh, we've seen we've seen that with Dustin, and and now this division is so loaded with killers with Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, uh, Charles Oliveira, the champion, uh, Dos Santos is back. Like, what? Where? Where is the matchup that you look at it and you're like, okay, that's the matchup where Conor McGregor is going to come back and show everybody that he's still that guy. Yeah. I mean, you really can't. I mean, this division is so loaded. So now it's starting to become a case where we're starting to look at it where that Conor McGregor is a big superstar, but he's not the best the best fighter in the UFC or the best yeah. fighter in the division. We just have to call it what it's worth. I mean, Conor's a good superstar, a great superstar. Um, I want to I'll, I'll watch him again. I mean, I said after the last fight, I'm like, man, I don't even care if Conor McGregor comes back. But I, w- I lied because I was so hyped for this <laughs> fight. Um, just that Conor McGregor factor. Uh, it's always going to be there. So he's a good, he's a, he's a superstar, but 
I mean, he's not the best guy in the division. He's not yeah, the best guy in the UFC. And the problem we're is, to separate that now. I think he's still a top fifteen guy. I just don't think he's elite. And look, we're talking about the best division in the sport. But, I mean, when you think about what Connor versus Oliveira would look like, when you think about what Connor versus Gaethje or Dariush or Chandler or Mahashev would look like, all of those guys, I think, do exactly what Dustin did. I don't think any of those guys are going to try and force the issue in the first couple minutes. I think all of those guys are, are have good enough chins that if he does land something, maybe they go out. But, you know, I, I think that they could survive potentially. And all of those guys can do so many more things than Conor McGregor and do, do so many more things way better than Conor McGregor. It, right. the, the bottom line is he's just not elite. Now you start looking at some guys further down that list and, and maybe that's where Conor McGregor lives now. Again, simply because his skills haven't evolved with the rest of the guys at 155, or at least the guys at the top. So I'm actually, if Conor McGregor is able to come back, which, I mean, good Lord, Will, I don't even know what the timeline for a break like that would be. I I can't imagine it's within the next year. Um, But we'll see. Uh, You know, it's, he's, uh, if he's really dedicated, maybe he gets back quicker than any of us expect. But first of all, just to get to the point that you can fight again, uh, much less beginning training and going through everything that it takes to get back into the octagon. I think we're looking at a long layoff for a guy that's already had long layoffs. So we're, we're probably not talking about him adding more skills the next time that he's able to get into the octagon. Uh, but again, the power's there. If you give him the right opponent, if you give him a guy that's that's not a big threat to to maybe grapple with him or take him to the ground and and jujitsu or you know if, if it's just a, a striker at 155 then you know maybe that's the path to get conor mcgregor back but uh if you're giving him some of the well-rounded fighters in the top 15 at that weight class i, I just don't see where it works and again we're talking about a big if regarding conor mcgregor coming back and being the same guy that he is now much less adding to the arsenal because i think what the one thing about conor that always sticks out He's so fast. He's so quick. Um, you know, th- those those spinning kicks out of the gate last night, like, it's impressive to watch the blitz that he puts on you because, you know, the, the athletic gifts are there, without a doubt. Uh, if, if that part of it is able to come back when he does come back, uh, maybe we're talking about him still, still being able to perform at a high level. I just don't think he's performing at the highest level, especially at 155. Yeah, we're starting to separate him being a superstar from him being uh, the best in the world. So as a promoter, like, what do you do with him now? Do you still give him the best of the best? Because that's what that's what Conor McGregor's uh, superstardom has uh, called for. You you have to fight the best of the best. But against the best of the best, he's one and three. Right. So. So now. Do you get you don't give him the best of the best anymore. You have to give him favorable matchups because people are going to pay to see him, but you have to give him favorable matchups. So do you go down the rankings? I mean, a lot of these guys don't have the type of name to go in there with Conor McGregor, which which is a problem because then when you think about the guys with the names, these are the guys who are the best of the best. Yeah. So now it's just like who who do you throw him in there with? You have to throw him in there with a the guy who's just looking to strike. I mean, you got You've got people like Nate Diaz who still have who still has a name who will just be a boxing type guy. You got the Diaz, the uh, Nate Diaz trilogy, 
Uh, but outside of that, I mean, there's not many guys. This sport is so crazy. Everyone is so good nowadays. Like, I mean, maybe uh, there's Max Holloway. I mean, maybe you you look to do that. But uh, there's not many guys out there that just are just really favorable matchups to where this is going to be a stand-up war. I mean, all these guys are so well-rounded nowadays. I was just going through the list of 155ers in my head thinking, like, what would be beneficial? And a couple names came to mind, which I'll, I'll share with you in a second. But I ended up landing on this idea, like, Who's a striker at 145 that would make sense? Like, if Connor can cut, well, that's where the guy was successful. Like, we, I, I, there's this idea, I think, that who he was at one weight class is who he's going to be in another weight class. And, and look, we've seen that's absolutely not the case. We've seen some guys have terrible success and, and move up, and all of a sudden they're like a completely different person. Or the other way around. They're fighting in a class that's too big for them and move down. Maybe 155 just isn't where it's at for Conor McGregor. Maybe it's 145, so maybe it is a Max Holloway. Maybe it is one of the one. I mean, that's a stacked division as well, 145. So maybe there's a striker at 145 that makes sense for Conor, and, and that's how you get him back on track. I don't know what the future looks like for Tony Ferguson, especially you know if we're talking about a timeline being a year plus. Um, but who wouldn't want to see a Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor fight, especially with both of them uh, being on the backside of their careers and certainly not at their, their peak. Um, RDA, I think, would be an interesting fight. Um, I, I don't know how much we know about RDA right now at 155. We've seen him come back to this division. He's fought one time. It was Paul Felder. Uh, it was a good fight. I don't know that I saw something that says I think RDA's in that same group with the the guys in the top five or six of that division. Maybe that's an interesting one. Uh, RDA's still a guy that's that's um, pretty well-rounded, so that, that could also be a problem. But he's certainly not athletically at his peak now either. Uh, you start looking down the list. I mean, we just saw Brad Riddell in a really awesome fight against Drew Dober. Maybe that's a name. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I, you have to be careful with which names you throw out because you get a guy that's a takedown artist or a guy that's going to just grapple you. And it just doesn't feel like that's what you want to give Connor. So, um, Rafael Faziv, it's an interesting name that, that brings some power to the table and likes to exchange. Uh, maybe that's where you go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as it being Connor McGregor, it's an interesting spot because you, you do feel like the name has to have some weight because it's right. it's Conor McGregor. Like, whoever it is, that name has to at least have some weight to it. So it's an interesting dynamic, without a doubt. Yeah, like, I mean, of course, us being hardcore fans, when we see when we think of a Conor McGregor and a Brad Riddell, we're like, oh, that's a good matchup. But then, like, to the, to the national worldwide... <laughs> media and yeah. and everyone like they'll be like who the hell is brad, Riddell? brad like, Riddell. exactly so like who do you give him that has a, a big enough name who will give him the fight that he wants and there's there's just not many names out there and then and then if you just want to throw them to the best guys i mean nine times out of ten those are really really bad matchups for conor mcgregor so um you can throw him in there with poirier again I mean, because that there's a story there. The the McGregor fans will say like this fight um, didn't give us any closure, so um, you can put him in there again. Um, uh, 
if Charles Oliveira is champion for a while and Conor McGregor is able to get a win or something, you can throw Conor McGregor in there with with him for the title. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's really tough <clears throat> to to really just feel who 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 you give Conor. It's a it's a really yeah. really interesting question. But I think uh, Dana he's going to give him either Poirier or Diaz. I think that's uh, where, where he goes from here. I think Diaz is the fight to make. There's no way it's going to be Poirier immediately, especially if Poirier beats Oliveira for the belt. There's no way Connor's getting a title shot straight away. So Diaz makes a ton of sense. Um, you mentioned Max. That Again, depending what happens at 145 with the belt, Max would have the opportunity to avenge a previous loss against Conor McGregor. It would probably be the biggest payday Max has ever had. Everybody would love to see Conor McGregor and Max Holloway in the octagon, regardless of where Conor's at in his career. And, I mean, I I don't really see a downside there. Uh, It's a striker, so it would be the kind of fight that everybody wants to see out of the two guys. Uh, That, to me, would make a ton of sense. Again, timing is going to be everything, and how fast can this guy get healthy and be ready to fight again? Because we could be talking about Max Holloway as the 145 champ a year from today. We could also be talking about Dustin Poirier being the 155 champ a year from today. And Dustin was even asked last night in, in his post-fight press conference, if he has the title, does Connor need to do some work before he gets a title shot? And Dustin, like, basically laughed like it was the dumbest question he had ever been heard. He's like, the guy's like <laughs> one in three or one in four in the division. Yeah, he has to do some work before he gets a title shot. But Dustin also recognized the guy's a big enough superstar that if he's able to go out and start somebody... He's right back in the conversation, but I don't. I, I don't think there's any way on planet Earth Conor McGregor comes back from an injury and straight away gets a title shot. That would be mind blowing. There's no way they would do that. I mean, I, I would hope that there's no way that they, that they do that. Um, he like like you said, he's one in three, and there's so many killers at 155. Right. Like there's no way that Conor could put himself in a position to be the number one contender. Um, with so many killers in the uh, in that division, without winning a fight, I mean, and that. But we will say, with how big of a superstar that Connor is, all he needs is one one win, and then he's right back in there. Yeah. So uh, Connor definitely has to get a win. Uh, he can't just come off a of two losses um, and expect a title shot coming back. So three even straight losses at one fifty five. By the way. He's on a three-fight losing yeah, streak at 155. At 155. Yeah. And I, I want to say this about Max, though. Uh, I mean, Max would definitely give Conor the, the fight that he wants. And, you know, when, when Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor moved up to 155, well, not really Conor McGregor, when Dustin moved up, he had a chance to really um, play with 155 and get his body to mature in, in, in that division. When Max moved up to 155, he went right to the shark. He went right to the best guy, which was Dustin. Right. I think if you give Max a fight, maybe like a Conor McGregor, where you're not fighting the best of the best, but you're still fighting a very respectable guy, um, let Max move up, maybe really add some muscle and stuff. I think Max could potentially really make a run at the title. Um, Seeing Max at 155 would be great. I mean, he makes 145 with no problem. But CMX 155 with those killers, yeah. with how he's been looking lately, it, it would be tremendous. So um, that's one thing to look at. But, yeah, man, uh, Connor's definitely going to have to do some work uh, before getting a title shot. 
What is your appetite for Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, part four? Me personally, I mean, I would watch it. But, I mean, my appetite, I'm like, uh, if I don't see that fight again, you know, it's not good. I'm not going to lose any sleep. Um, I, would lo- I would love to see the antics and everything in-, in the fight leading up to it or in the oppressors and all that leading right. up to it. But the fight itself, um, I feel like it, nine times out of ten, um, it goes Dustin's way and it goes right. to the guy with the with the bigger bag. Uh, Connor. Maybe that one time that Connor uh, got Dustin was that one time that he'll uh, beat Dustin. But I think um, it's going to go the same. Yeah. So, uh, I have a I hard time that. seeing Connor McGregor beat this Dustin Poirier. I will say I, I want to see it. I, I, I'm in for a part four to this thing. Uh, Dustin was asked about if these guys are going to fight last night. And his response cool. was, we're either going to fight in the octagon or we're going to fight on the sidewalk. But it's going to happen at some point. My thing is, I don't want to see it a year from now. I don't necessarily want to see it. Like, it's always going to be there. I don't think you have to rush to make the fight happen. And the biggest issue is, once again, these guys' careers are going in completely opposite directions. Conor McGregor's lost three in a row in this weight division, and he's about to be off for an extended period of time just to get healthy enough to fight again. While Dustin Poirier is going to have a title shot probably around the end of the year or the first of next year. So... Like, I, do I want to see the fourth fight over the career trajectory of Dustin Poirier? Absolutely not. I'd much rather see Poirier go go fight Oliveira and then fight Gaethje again, potentially, or fight Michael Chandler. Or, like, this is this division is too good to, to, to prevent some of these top-tier guys from fighting each other for the sake of another McGregor fight. So I do want to see it, but I think it can wait. I think it can happen maybe a couple years down the road when some of the dust has settled between Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler. Let's throw Darius in the conversation now. Justin Gaethje, who hasn't fought in about a year now. Um, Islam Mahashev, who might be a champion by, by that time anyway, who is extremely dangerous and we'll get to watch next week. But yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the, on the fourth fight. I just don't want it getting in the way of progress as far as those elite fighters at 155. Yeah, you know, Dustin probably needed uh, Conor McGregor uh, for the for to get the rub off of him, to get all the extra fans and the extra eyeballs and stuff. But now Dustin doesn't need him anymore. They fought right. three times. Dustin got the better of it twice. I mean, despite what uh, the popular opinion is, Dustin won two out of three fights with Conor McGregor. Dustin has gotten two big paydays off of fighting Conor McGregor. He doesn't need to fight him anymore. Now, for Dustin, it's time for him to go fight for the title and then fight these contenders because this division is so stacked. Like, let's not forget that the title is the most important thing. Conor McGregor, a Conor McGregor fight is not the most important thing. The most important thing is fighting for the title. And Dustin, being the provider for his family that he is, he saw the opportunity to, to... to add to his bank account and all that stuff, which is great. But, you know, now it's time for Dustin Poirier to, to fight for the title, to, to realize his dream if he can do it. Uh, he fought Khabib, didn't go his way. Uh, this matchup with Charles Oliveira, it's very interesting. And then, like you said, so many guys down the, down the line, like Justin Gaethje, who has gotten better since he fought Dustin Poirier, he lost to, to Khabib, but... Um, Justin Gaethje could easily be the second best or yeah. third best lightweight in the, in the world. Yeah. Uh, a, 
a fight with Dustin Poirier, a rematch with Dustin Poirier could go easily in, just, in Justin Gaethje's way. Uh, Michael Chandler, he just fought for the title, but he's still there. Um, Darius has looked great. Uh, Dos Santos is still there. Like, there's so many guys. Like, we have to keep this division moving. Right. Uh, Conor McGregor, he's great and everything, but this division has got to keep moving. There's so many guys at 155 uh, who, who want that title. Yeah, I, 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 you said this on last week's podcast. I agree with it. Dustin Poirier right now is the best 155 fighter in the world, in my opinion. Um, and, and that's because Khabib obviously is retired. But uh, I, I think it's Dustin. But I will say, I don't think the gap from Dustin to the next, like, five guys is extreme, right? There are weight divisions where it's, like, the champion, and then way down, it's everybody else. I, I, I do think Dustin's the best. But the gap from him to Oliveira and Chandler and Gaethje and Dariush and God forbid any of those guys face Islam, uh, it's it's a <laughs> it's a small gap. And to say that any one of those guys will couldn't be champions, crazy. Any one of those guys is good enough against any of the others to win on any given night and and have that belt strapped around them. Right. It's not like Khabib because when we when we looked at Khabib, we knew like nobody was touching him. Right. I mean. A fight with Oliver would have been interesting, but we know like Khabib probably would have found a way to really maul him. He mauls everybody. If you do the things that you did to Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje, I mean, there you know that there's a gap when you do that to those guys. And now that Khabib's gone, now that all these guys are just like right there. Um, like like you said. Dustin's probably the best of the pack, but the gap between him to Gaethje and, and to Oliveira and all these guys, it's slim if there's any at For all. Sure. So uh, these fights moving forward are going to be super intriguing. The matchups are going to be interesting. When we talk about them, uh, we're going we're gonna to say, like, man, either guy could win this fight. Yeah. I mean, the odds are going to be really razor thin on all of these guys. We pick them fights a lot of the time. So, man, uh, 155. We're really going to see now how good of a division that it is. Yeah. Or people are going to see how great of a division that it is. As we uh, as we wrap this up, Conor McGregor, three-fight losing streak at 155. He's now 1-3 and three overall at 155. Um, the guy's now, what, 3-4 and four in his last seven UFC fights. So he has a losing record in his last seven UFC fights. Um, I don't think he's lost it, like I said earlier. I think it's just a matter of he's still the same guy he always was. Everybody else has just evolved with the sport and added so much more to the arsenal than Conor McGregor has. Um, he was completely dominated. Brilliant fight from Poirier. Patient out of the gate. Didn't fall into the trap of making the mistake early when Conor blitzes you. And then he won the stand-up, forced Conor into the clinch. Conor talks about knockouts and goes for the submission out of desperation. Ground and pound for Dustin Poirier. And he was just once again clearly the much better fighter. Yeah, hats out to Dustin Poirier. He just went out there and proved that he was the best in the world at 155. Um, he didn't fight for the title, which was why we have a, a champion that's not named Dustin Poirier. But um, he he had to uh, he had to finish this with uh, Conor McGregor. Um, a lot of people will say that it's not finished, but for the time being, with Conor McGregor's in, uh, injury, uh, it's over for now. Uh, Dustin Poirier is going to move on, uh, fight for the title, and Conor McGregor. Um, we talk about him. Uh, at, the superstar that he is, you just wish that he does 
uh, get healthy, get back to being in the octagon. Uh, nobody wants to see um, an injury like that. Right. Um, despite how he handled it with the trash talk and everything, uh, you still want to see him uh, recover and uh, yeah. get back in the octagon as soon as possible. But um, hats off to Justin Poirier, masterful performance, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing him fight for the title. Yeah. The sport's definitely better with, uh, with Conor McGregor in it. And uh, I, I, I will say... I was amused by the fact that he's sitting there talking all this trash after the fight was over, like saying, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. Like, you literally just, I, I love this. Like, this is one of my favorite things about MMA. You have this guy that, that's talking trash going into a fight, and he's like, I'm going to kill this guy, I'm going to kill this guy. And then after the fight, he's like, I'm going to kill this guy, I'm going to kill this guy. And then you look at what happened while they actually fought, and nowhere in the entire fight did it look like he was killing the guy. Like, so before you were going to kill him, after you're going to kill him, but the fight looks completely different than anything you've said. So I, you had your chance. Why didn't you kill him? Like, it, right. <laughs> I had to kill him. You had the chance. Yeah. Oh, now that I lost, oh, now, I'm really going to kill yeah. him. Now, you thought I was going to kill him before. Yeah. Oh, now I'm really going to kill him. Now that I got my ass kicked, now I'm really going to kill him. <laughs> now I'm really upset that you whooped my ass. Now I'm really yeah. mad. Yeah. Fourth time's a charm, Will. Fourth time's a charm. Poirier McGregor, it's going to happen. But, yeah. Hopefully, like two or three years from now, when it's not getting in the way of progress at 155. But I, I really think that Conor McGregor is not going to want anything else. Uh, I, I think in a year's time, uh, he's going to be begging for that for that fight when he's healthy. Yeah. And uh, especially if Poirier is not the champion, he'll definitely get that. But, um, yeah, I think he'll... Yeah his star energy because Dana loves that stuff. He yeah. loves being able to sell a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Uh, Conor McGregor is definitely going to try his, his hardest to get this fight with Dustin as soon as he gets back. So that's, that's my opinion. If Dustin's the champion, my prediction is the trilogy fight with Nate is next. Book it. I, that, that's what he needs in this, at this stage of his career. Yeah. Nate's going to give him the fight that he wants. And that's still a big, that's big a uh, fight. fight, big pay-per-view. So, yeah. So I mean, look, make, make if, that happen, Connor. If those two guys were fighting next Saturday night, that might be the that, that might sell more than any other UFC fight in history sold. If that fight were happening next Saturday Absolutely. night, right? Like, Absolutely, for sure. I know it can happen any time, but uh, we're we're talking about a long timeline for Connor to get back anyway. Why mess with it any further? Like, let it, both guys right now are massive draws. They're massive draws. It doesn't hold up any division because Nate Diaz isn't tied to really any division. It doesn't uh, hold up anything. So um, at this point in their careers, I think they both need – they don't really need each other, but I think at this point we're starting to circle back. You know, they went away for a long time from each other. They separated, and now this time they're kind of circling back to where it's just like the perfect time to finally meet. So um, why not? Go ahead and get, get this one done. Will, we will talk about the rest of the fight card on Thursday. We'll revisit this as well and then make our predictions for next week's fight card on Thursday. But uh, there was no way I was going to be able to to uh, sleep four or five more times before we had this conversation about Poirier and McGregor. <laughs> so always fun, my friend. I'm glad you uh, were able to make it for the fights last night and uh, always good to catch up again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Those bacon wrap jalapenos were legendary. Can't wait to do it again, my brother. <laughs>
the podcast is over.